Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Shannon from Strategic Intervention Solutions at SIS, the number four teachers.org. Today's blog, we're going to be talking about games, which we call Math with Someone in Math Workshop. Math games sound like a great idea, don't they? You can take your math, math workshop to a whole new level to provide a second or a third layer of reinforcement for students. No more busy work. In a perfect math world, it would maybe look something like this. Students would go to math by myself to practice what they've just learned with your lovely math with a teacher station. Then they would proceed to math with someone station where they enjoy playing games that are perfectly aligned with the standards within our current unit of study. They will also have to solidify their math concepts as they're as the students are actually playing and learning the games. Students will be working quietly, getting the tools out of our math salad bar and extending their learning with accountability sheets. Cue the choir. Wouldn't that be amazing? However, once the choir stops singing, you realize that you already don't have time for everything in your classroom. How are you going to teach kids how to play all of these great games? You mentally run through your schedule. Maybe there's time on Friday after specials to teach the rules, but the games are all differentiated. How do you teach all the different levels? How do the students know what level to use? When you're considering how to fit it all in the perfect elements into elements into a math block, teaching students how to play the games is definitely a challenge. But what would happen if we allowed students to take responsibility for their own learning? What would what ha- would happen if we let them learn how to play their games on their all on their own? After reviewing the rules, what if we encourage student-to-student conversation where they apply the rules to the certain scenarios that might happen in the game, like someone might roll a double or if someone answers incorrectly? Let's be honest, kids in the 21st century are using YouTube for everything. Why can't this be a possibility for math with someone? In a math workshop, we're always trying to buy back time. In our M-Cube schools, Molding Math Mindsets, we've made great strides in the area of math game binders that are all part of a larger curriculum mapping project. In the binder, we have three copies of every game so a kid can grab the game board, grab the materials to the math salad bar, and then theoretically begin to play. But that assumes they already know how and that we find that teaching kids how to play the math games consumes an incredible amount of time. This month in January, we want to help you buy back time by equipping you with resources, namely video tutorials, that will help you to put the responsibility back on the students to learn how to play the math games. (gasps) Cue the angelic chords again as you might think about this. At the beginning of the week during math with someone, students watch the tutorial video about how to play their game on a computer or tablet. Then they get the materials required for the game and begin to interact with the game, talking collaboratively about different scenarios, engaging in conversations about the rules. Finally, they play the game having ownership and pride for figuring it out on their own. Like we said, most of our 21st century kids are on YouTube, but they are not really playing a lot of games and oftentimes don't have game playing skills. They don't know how to handle a situation where someone might cheat or someone isn't following the rules. They live in an instant gratification world where everything's at their fingertip. So they don't have to really process through scenarios that that are really difficult that often. The games they play at home are usually electronic, not games like Monopoly or Trouble, which involve deeper thinking. Learning how 
how to, as a math community, talk about games, process the rules, and have discussions about how the game should be played is ultimately the play, to play the game in a real complex thought process that our kids need to practice. The process would obviously be much smoother, I think, in maybe grades three through six. They may watch the video, talk about the gameplay, play it through, make some notes, maybe even have a dry erase board or in a journal, write down some of the rules. The next day they can refer to the video and their notes and begin to play the game in the way that they might be thinking of how it would look. In the lower elementary classrooms, we have so many different games. First graders might not be able to go through the process independently, but if we could play the video instead of having to teach the game over and over, it would definitely help. The video tutorials we're going to release this month could certainly be used with a whole class as they learn the game, depending on the grade level you teach, or they could be used to move students a little more toward taking responsibility for their learning and seeking out the knowledge before they come to you in kind of a more of a flipped classroom style. Many teachers tell me that this is how they use the DecoDot videos that we have. They're available online and they're great for parents, but they're also helpful for teachers. The videos can help the students learn how to play the games, but also help teachers remember, oh yeah, that's how you play that one. And oh yeah, that was there's an accountability sheet to go with that one even better. In this video this week, we are going to feature Bump Games, which is a really popular game with kids. It's a game that has a great longevity because once the kids learn it, we can change the rules. They can even play the same game with different operations and the possibility becomes endless. There is bump with addition, bump multiplication, bump times 100, bump times 10, bump with fractions, there's even bump with integers. Let's just start off with the single bump game that you can get as a part of our eight math practice, or I'm sorry, eight standards for mathematical practice strategy game download that you can click in on our website. You can make your own with a piece of paper. All you need really is 12 circles on the page with the numbers 1 through 12 randomly placed with circles. The other materials you'll need are 10 counters, one color per person. I prefer to use color um, clear counters that are of a color. So 10 might be blue and 10 might be red. Um, we need dice and then we just need our bump board. The gay bump has three different levels or differentiated options, making it an incredibly versatile game. Let's start off with level one, the basic bump. The objective is to be the first person to get rid of your 10 counters by covering the numbers on the board. To begin play, one player rolls the die and then places the counter of the sum on the two add-ins on the dice. For example, Henry rolls in five and a three. He adds up the add-ins on his dice so he can put a red counter on the total, which is eight. Jane rolls a four and two, so she can put her blue counter on the six. If a player rolls and gets a sum that it's already covered, the other player can bump the other colored counter and claim it for their counter. For example, if Henry rolls three and three, he now can bump Jane's blue counter off, giving it back to her and replace it with his red one. If a player rolls doubles, they can roll again and get an extra turn. Ownership, if a player already has a counter on a number, 
and he rolls that number again, they can take ownership over that number. For example, example, Henry already had a red counter on eight, but if on his next roll he rolled a four plus four, he can crown the number with a second counter. He now will own that number and make it unbumpable. If Jane rolls an eight throughout the rest of the game, unfortunately, she's going to lose her turn. In a nutshell, this is a very versatile game that doesn't require a whole lot of strategies. I mean, you simply roll the dice, put your counters on the sum. If it's if it's uncovered, if there's already a counter here, you can bump it. If there are two counters, even if it's yours, the sum, you lose your turn. Level two really takes the same ideas of the basic game and the same objectives and materials, but they have two options on playing. Option one is to, again, put your counter on the sum of the two dice. Option two is to put your counter on the two add-ins displayed on your dice. Adding this option of covering two add-ins requires students to use more of the eight mathematical practices because it adds more of a strategy. Do they want to bump their partner because their trips are, chips are dwindling? Or do they want to race to get rid of their own counters? For example, if I roll an eight with the five, and I get an S, I roll an, a total sum of eight that the dice, the dice say five and three, I could choose to put my counter on the eight, or I could put one counter on the five and one on the three. If my partner's counter was on five, I might choose the strategy to go ahead and bump them. And so that I can put my counters on the five and the three. If I already had a counter on the eight, I might choose to put a second counter on the eight so I could really crown it and claim it. There are no real wrong or right ways to do it, but it gets the students to engage more with the strategies, which kids don't always have since they don't usually play games at home. Level three by far is a student's favorite. After the students have mastered the first two levels, they love to move on to level three. This is the favorite bumper version because it's called Bump Unlimited. In this level, you can get rid of the counters as quickly as possible, as with the other levels, but you almost have unlimited options in doing so. Option one is you can still do the standard to put your counter on the sums, the two dice. Option two is you can put your counter on the two add-ins displayed on the dice. Option three is you can put your counters on any number to total the sum. For example, let's say you roll four and four. You could, well, number one, put the counter on eight. Just make it simple. Two, put two counters on the four and crown it and own it. Three, put two counters on the two to crown it, which the sum is four, and put the two, I'm sorry, put the two to crown it and own it, and then put one on four. So technically you gave three spots, two and two and four still totals the sum of eight. The options are unlimited and it's super helpful for kids to be able to think of multiple ways to decompose a number. Let's say the fours were crown. Well, you maybe would be able to put the counters on the three and the one instead of one. In this game, though, you really have to watch what your partner is doing to keep an eye on their counters. Since a person can get rid of maybe even four counters on their turn, 
your partner could win before you realize it. Accountability. It is really important to be able to have accountability sheets for students while they play the bump at any level. For level one or two, it might just be a sheet with traditional number bonds that students can fill in. Level three might require an open-ended number bond sheet where students can draw spokes off of the sum as they place their counters. However you choose to do it, be sure that the students are recording their moves. Once your kids learn bump, it could take on a life of its own in your classroom. It's certainly not a one and done game. Kids don't get tired of it. I don't think I've ever heard a kid groan or complain that's already played it when they see the bump at the center. And as kids get better, the rules can, the rules in the kids can always take it to the next level. So level one is the sum of the dice. Level two is the sum of the dice or the two add-ins displayed on the dice. Level three bump is unlimited. You can make your choice. Let me know how it goes with showing the video to your students and seeing if they're able to pick up on the game. There's many other bump games that we'll talk about further and give explanations such as bump multiplication, maybe even um, looking at it with division as well as integer bump. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to hearing back from you about how bump goes in your classroom.